Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, Fox News political analyst Juan Williams, as we continue our 20th anniversary year. Closed captioning provided by Scan Health Plan. Opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host... Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to In Conversation. I'm Art Levine, Professor of Ethics and Legal Studies in the College of Business Administration at California State University, Long Beach. Our special guest tonight is Fox News political analyst Juan Williams. Juan, welcome to our show. Art, good to be with you. What a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. We're delighted to have you here on our campus. You are our fifth annual distinguished speaker and we were able to bring you over to the studio to do this special edition of our shows. And uh, Well, let me uh, just first say that 20 years in this, for this show is a real hallmark in the idea that you created it, that you've sustained it. I think that people far beyond uh, University of California system, uh, State College, you know, we all just think that you are one of the heroes of the business art. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for that one. Well, uh, Juan has recently published uh, his book, Muzzled, The Assault on Honest Debate, and it chronicles in part the well-publicized departure of Juan from national public radio. Juan, tell us about that whole episode. Well, you know, it's been a year as I'm here at Cal State Long Beach. Uh, literally, it's a year now since I got a call from the top news executive at National Public Radio asking me what did I mean to say and I said to her at the time she was talking about an appearance I had on Bill O'Reilly's show on the Fox News channel I said I meant exactly what I said I said what I meant in fact I for a while Art I thought that should be the title of the book I, I said what I meant <laughs> to say but what happened was that I had said on Bill O'Reilly's show that 
You know, when I'm in an airport to this day, now we're 10 years after 9-11, uh, if I see people who are dressed in Muslim garb, to my mind, first and foremost, identifying themselves as Muslims, I have some anxiety, some nervousness about it. Um, and I said, you know, this is something that uh, is not politically correct, but the fact is that Muslims did attack us on 9-11. Um, Bill O'Reilly had gotten himself into some bit of a snit with the ladies on The View, and he had asked me, he said, where did I go wrong, Juan? And I said to him, look, you know, I'm not going to play politically correct games. The fact is, those people who attacked us, not only were they Muslims, they said that they were engaged in jihad. They were using their faith as a justification for yes. this act of terror. So I said, you know, I'm not playing games with you. And I said, I feel nervous in airports to this day. Okay. Um, and then went on to say, but of course, I don't seek to stereotype anybody. I don't think it's a good thing. America is a land of religious liberty. I don't stereotype my fellow Christians because and of Timothy McVeigh. And most Muslims are not terrorists right. or anything so, like that. So, so it's very clear that's what I was saying. Yeah. But, but two days later, here I get this call that you're talking about, Art, and the woman says, uh, what did you mean to say? Uh, this is bigotry, this is a violation of our journalistic standards, and you're fired. And you were hired, just for the record, by National Public Radio as a commentator. Well, I was initially hired as their afternoon talk show host for Talk of the Nation, then Became as a, the senior correspondent, and then as their news analyst. So I, my job was to be a commentator, which has far greater latitude in terms of what I'm allowed to say and, yes. than a straight news reporter. Sure. So you were commenting, and uh, they didn't like your comments. And just for the record, uh, Juan had worked at Fox News for 15 years and had preceded his employment by National Public Radio by five years. So when they hired Juan at National Public Radio, they knew he was a analyst on Fox News. Correct. And, uh, uh, but it, it, it was kind of an open secret that the new news head was not happy that you were also on uh, Fox News when she came aboard. Well, you know, it's one of those things, Art, where all for 10 years, you know, whenever this issue came up, management said, wait a second, actually, this is good for us. Uh, this exposes NPR's talent to a new audience, a new audience to NPR people. Uh, there and, you go. And uh, they felt I was practicing journalism. I wasn't doing anything there that I wasn't doing at NPR. Different roles. It's a cable news channel on TV versus a radio operation. but. Nothing illegitimate. Yeah. And then this lady comes along and she doesn't want me even to identify myself as NPR when I'm on Fox's primetime shows. Then she wants to distance the relationship by saying, instead of being an NPR staffer, why don't you get on contract? But the minute, Art, that I got on contract, she started cutting my pay, diminishing my role on the air. And then I think she was looking for a moment where so she could fire me. Yeah. And, and she used this in that way. Yeah. Well, uh, as we know, uh, she eventually got fired for firing you. Well, you know, they brought in a legal team to, in, to look at this because, you know, it's unbelievable. But a year ago, this was all over the front pages, all over the newscast Absolutely. in America. And uh, they brought in some people to look at it. And what they came away was, you know, there's no such standard. And there was no such justification. And there was internal criticism. And then all of a sudden, she left. And... Fox News and Roger Ailes, its head, uh, stepped up to the plate and actually gave you a nice increase after this happened. They compensated for what I had lost by losing my job. You know what Roger Ailes, who's the head of Fox News, said at the time was, 
He said, I don't want you to have to go home and say, tell your wife you lost money because of what happened here. And that's what he did. It was very gracious of him. And I must say, the one other thing on this front, when, you know, this whole thing happened, I thought my career was over, Art. Uh, that night, when after, after she did that, I didn't sleep. I thought, you know, who's going to want to deal with me? I'm labeled as a bigot, a bad journalist. You know, I just thought NPR is such a loved brand. They've got microphones in every town. You know, so it felt to me so personal and, and, and a very personal attack. And then what happened over the next several days as, I, as this thing was on every front page and every news story uh, on the TV, I realized this is much bigger than me. That there were Americans who were saying not only do they also have this feeling when they're in airports after 9-11, it's not like people are making it up or people are being, you know, You said what you felt. Yeah. So people are saying to me, oh yeah, I've had that feeling. But people also said to me, Art, you know what? Have we reached a point in this country where you can't say what you feel? Yeah. Is that what's going on? That is powerful. Those are both powerful arguments. So the tide turned, really. The tide and turned. From, from, and you were very abject and depressed and low, and you didn't know whether this was a career ender or whatever. And then you see this, this tide turning in your favor. And what was your feeling? Well, you know, it, it turns slowly. I mean, for example, after the woman fires me, then subsequent to that, well, let me just say one thing here. In the course of the firing, I said to her, you know, I've worked there 10 years. Have you seen the entire transcript? Did you watch the entire show? Because I'm arguing for religious liberty and tolerance. And she says, we don't need to see anything more. We don't. I said, but wow. I've worked there 10 years. Can't I come in and can't we talk about wow. it? She said, there's nothing you can say, nothing you can do. You're fired. She's digging herself in deep. Well, but, okay, but a few days later, the president of NPR, before TV cameras and microphones says, whatever Juan Williams says should be between him and his psychiatrist, like I'm a crazy person. And that don't listen to him because basically some publicist is putting words in his mouth. Like I couldn't do an interview with Art Levine. I couldn't possibly engage someone of your intellect. Well, if you'll, this is my phrase, but this to me seems to have elements of a public lynching. Well, it's a heavy statement. Yes. But what it felt like to me was I was being buried yeah. and that they felt free. They put out the word. You know, I told you that this happened late on in the afternoon, that the woman called me to fire me. And I didn't do anything about it. I didn't know what to do about it. I was so worried. Yeah. And then my cell phone just starts blowing up. The New York Times, the Associated Press, NPR, all of them are calling to say that NPR has put out the announcement with great pride. They're trumpeting that they've gotten rid of this bum. And I'm like, what is going on? How could I possibly defend myself against this major yeah. media corporation as an individual? Well, uh, it's a powerful story, but look at the result. Uh, you have a New York Times best-selling book out, and uh, uh, you have a lot of new friends. Well, and you know, what's interesting to me is how much people say we need honest conversation in the country. Amen to that. And so if you can't even say that you feel nervous because of the history of, and it's a legitimate history, you can't, it's not disputed, a history of a tie between radical Islam and terror, if you can't say that, well then how can we have honest conversations about immigration? How can we have an honest conversation about debt in the country or budgets or how to deal with abortion, gun control, anything? 
In other words, you're not supposed to say what's on your mind. You're supposed to bite your tongue. And people are fed up with it, Art. I think that's why I got the support that I got. Well, let me just expand the point, because I agree with you entirely. Uh, we're facing a national election now. We're watching the Republican debates, and uh, there'll be a, uh, someone running against President Obama. And we need to have honesty in our political dialogue. Right. No one is talking about the real problem, the elephant in the room, the entitlements. They, they, they push that aside right. and talk about other stuff. And I think there's a certain intellectual dishonesty on of both course. sides in failing to address the real problems. Well, this is so incredible to me. I'm so pleased that you brought this up. Because if you say, as a Democrat these days, listen, there's got to be some adjustment in terms of everything from Social Security and Medicare to Medicaid. Entitlements are eating up a huge percentage of the budget, and they're growing. And so we have to rein them in in order to preserve the programs. All of a sudden, Art, hey, why are you bringing this up? You're giving ammunition to the other side. You're not a good Democrat. Now, let's flip it over. If you're a Republican. And you dare say, well, maybe we need a tax increase. Yes, we need some added revenues Revenue. because... We're in terrible shape here, and you know the rich should pay some more taxes. And you know what? If we're if the Democrats, if we want the Democrats to give us serious cuts in entitlement, we're going to have to do something on the revenue side. All of a sudden, no, no, no. Why are you even saying that? Yeah. You're a bad Republican. You're a rhino. You're a Republican in name only. So in other words, <laughs> you have got to fit exactly in a box. You've got to obey the us. orthodoxy of the far right or the far left. And people in the middle who want to have an honest conversation want to say, hey, you know what, we need to do something. We're bad people. We're weak kneed. We're spineless. We're the worst. I have a title for your next book. Tell me. It's Lonely in the Middle. <laughs> <laughs> How about the skunk in the middle of the road? But the thing <laughs> is, you know what? There are a lot of us, Art. Yeah. You know, there are more people in the middle who actually want to have a discussion, who, who are I sick of so. being told, shut up, you're going to be... Yeah. Uh, treated like you're, you're ostracized, marginalized, you're not a good person. People are sick of that stuff. Yeah. And particularly here in California. Okay, we'll be back, but we have to pause for these messages. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on. We're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life. Powered by Edison. This is Doug Albrecht sharing with you just one of the 100 centennial moments we chose to mark this special occasion. The Port of Long Beach was born when Charles Wyndham purchased 800 acres of mudflats in the San Pedro Bay, where the LA River meets the sea. Today, the port covers 3,200 acres of land and spans 35 miles of waterfront. I want to improve my career opportunities. I want to earn a higher salary at my job. I'd like to finish what I started. The new Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts degree completion program at Cal State Long Beach will help you achieve your educational goals while keeping your life in balance. Contact our Customer Service Center at 1-800-963-2250 for more information. Or visit us on the web. Let CSULB help you finish what you started. As your business searches for smart ways to save, 
don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle. We're back, continuing our conversation with Juan Williams, Fox News political analyst, author of the New York Times bestseller, Muzzle the Assault on Honest Debate. So we've been describing how the media limits debate. Money also limits debate. Money and politics. If you stop and think about it, politicians who say the most outrageous things on either side, who enforce the orthodoxy, they're the ones who get all the political support. And of course, it stirs their political contributions. You think about uh, Congressman Wilson, who stood up and said while President Obama was talking about the health care legislation, you lie. You would think that agree or disagree with what he was saying. You would say, you know, people think this is not the way that we want our nation to look to the world, to have people standing up and screaming, you lie, at the President of the United States. It's unprecedented. It never happened. That's not us. But what happens? All of a sudden, his profile gets raised tremendously. His coffers are filled with money like he's never seen before. And this is what's happening. People who say outrageous things, not only in the media, as you point out, but in politics, are the ones who are rewarded by the extremes of the political spectrum. You know, Congresswoman Gabriella Giffords, the lady who got shot in Arizona, before she was shot, she said, anybody who's trying to practice politics, which is defined as the art of compromise art, compromise, they're getting no reward. You have to be an extremist, an angry voice in current American politics to reap any reward. So you get things like the Tea Party freshmen come in and they say, we are going to be in transit. We're not making any deals. Right. And they drive the whole debt ceiling discussion to the point where the national economy is on the brink. And then people say, well, how did we get these? What's going on here? Well, California legislature is a perfect example. We've said publicly on this show and elsewhere that it is dysfunctional. The, 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 the ratings in, is below 20 percent. Uh, it's bifurcated between liberal Democrats and conservative Republicans. Nothing gets done. Yes. Running huge deficits. It's not working. It's not working at the federal work. level, not working at the state level. And in many cities, Vallejo has gone bankrupt. So uh, we need honest discussion and honest debate if we are to solve the problems of our political scene or else we're going to continue to go down the tubes. We can't run these deficits forever. It's no. unsustainable. That's an honest statement. In other words, to my mind, all you're saying is, you know what, if you love your country, if you love the state, we're going to have to make some deals. We're going to have to be reasonable and apply logic. And we're going to have to compromise. That's not a dirty word. It doesn't evidence that you're weak. It's just that, you know what, we have higher interest than our own political interest and in getting reelected. You intimated this earlier. You think the public is ready and even hungry for honest debate, as evidenced by the reaction to your situation. Oh, yeah. How come our legislators don't get it? They, they are still living a bit on borrowed time, I think. I think that's right. But, you know, here's the thing for them. They are, just as we said earlier, rewarded yeah. by the base of the extremes. People who are saying, you know, I'd like to have a discussion about this with you. I want to hear what you're thinking about this. Those people can't be counted on to watch shows, to read newspapers or magazines that cater to one side or another. So these shows are preaching to the choir, basically. Absolutely. Look at the Republican debate. And Fox News has the top ratings of any cable news show. 
Fox News is number one. And Fox News, I think, look at my presence, I'm there. They try, they make an effort. But if you look at primetime Fox, you look at something like Sean Hannity, yeah. Sean, you know, Sean says his number one job is defeat Obama. So he is talking to the choir. And I was going to say to you, look at the Republican debates. When you see someone say, if you're a Republican and they were, you were offered in exchange for $1 in tax hikes, $10 in spending cuts, and you see them, them all say, no, 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 these are people who are just trying to give red meat to the far right base of the party that says never are we going to have any tax increases no matter what condition the country may be in. Well, you know, if tax reductions were so good for the economy, the economy should be booming now because we've had nothing but a bunch of tax reductions and what has it gotten us? Well, that's right. I mean, it's this, but you know, this is the thing, Art. There's so much rhetoric and of course, yeah. if you dare say that, then someone says, you know what, you're attacking conservatives, you're attacking the party. That's not so. I mean, you're just saying, hey, listen, we have to make some kind of accommodations on both sides, some kind of deal so that we can move forward as a country. President Reagan, the hero of the conservatives, talked to Gorbachev. And Mr. Reagan raised taxes. And that seemed to work out pretty well. In fact, you know what? He moved the country forward. He had tremendous success, as you spoke about, talking to Gorbachev, dealing with our enemies overseas. President Nixon, who is no favorite of the Democrats, opened the door to China by talking to the Chinese. Well, you know what? I mean, I say these days, uh, and here I am talking But Democrats to can't talk to Republicans here in America. It's What's not, it's, wrong with it's, this it's picture? The, it's, the, it's, it's maddening. But I was going to say, here I am talking to you, and I'm reminded, look, if Walter Cronkite was on the air today, I think that people would ignore him. They'd say, that guy's bland, he's boring, he's gray, he talks too much about the facts, about what really happened. I want to know his opinion. Is that guy a Republican? Is that guy a Democrat? Is he white? Is he black? Is he, they, they want to put you in a box yeah. rather than hear what you have to say. Well, maybe the fault is not the media. Maybe we have to look in the mirror, because the media gives people what they want. It's a, the ratings are a perfect barometer yeah. of what people what want. Are they, what are they watching? You know, what are they listening to? We had a guest to? years ago who said, when you mention OJ, the ratings shut up to the roof. Oh, I mean, sure. Talk about a, Britney Spears or Lindsay yeah. Lohan and the ratings go up. So maybe it's our fault for what really turns us on. Well, if you, you know, and the odd part is if you talk to someone who's a liberal, they complain bitterly about the Wall Street Journal editorial page. They complain about Fox. They complain about Limbaugh. But then you talk to somebody who is a conservative and they complain about, guess what, the New York Times editorial page. They say that's too biased, right? They complain about NPR. They complain about Hollywood. And it's like these people are living in separate worlds rather than saying, hey, wait a second. There's lots of voices and you have to listen and try to learn and have an honest conversation. And it sounds like both sides would define bias as someone who doesn't agree with them. <laughs> they, they demonize, they, and they take delight in demonizing yeah. anybody yeah. who dares to stray off the farm. So, Juan, you've had a distinguished career, uh, top journalist for the Washington Post for many years. Uh, uh, what's the way out? Let's, let's try and become a little optimistic as we conclude the second segment of, of this wonderful show. What's your solution? What, how do we get out of this box? You know, it's not hard. It's listening. It's, it's being willing to talk to people. And it's being willing to say, you know what, I'm going to support politicians who actually are getting something done. I'm not 
voting for a talk show host. I might enjoy a talk show host who says the most outrageous things and I get to thump the dashboards. Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm glad he's telling them off. But the people I vote for, the people I send money to, the people I expect to govern the country, I want real leadership from them. And I expect them to act as if they are adults and not to act as if they are simply engaged in a temper yeah. tantrum. So we as Americans, I think in terms of what we watch, what we read, you know what, we're making the call here. And when we give money to the extremes, when we vote for the extremes, when we let the extremes dominate the terms of the conversation, we're going to get what we have. Dysfunction. You know, they used to, John F. Kennedy uh, wrote a book, Profiles in Courage, and uh, uh, there seem to be awfully few profiles in courage on the national political scene these days. People are willing to take a bullet to put their beliefs out there, and and the, the highest goal should not be to get real to get elected or reelected. No, the highest goal should be to do something. Serve your country. Love to America. serve your country. What's wrong and with loving America? We need to get back to that. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. You can't. You, they, you know, in every instance, I don't care what it is. As I said, the immigration issue, the budget issue, uh, the wars in Afghanistan, Iraq. If you say something, if you say, you know, I have a different thought. It was ah. Oh, that's not good. We don't want to hear that. Whose work today uh, on television do you are you particularly fond of or respect, or what shows do you, do you like? Oh, I love O'Reilly's show. Yeah. I think I think O'Reilly's right of center, but he's making a big effort to hear yeah. and to listen. I, I, I yeah. and now he can be very dominant and cranky and all that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I like him, uh, and I think that if you think about John Stewart, I like yeah. John Stewart stuff. I think it's funny. I don't think it's news. And let me just say, this is an important distinction because so many young people think that that's the news. That's crazy. That's not the news. But he does do satire. Right. And, and brings out certain truths Correct. on that show. Yeah. The kids get it. The kids get it. And I think, I think that if, you know, you, you have to take some time, but if you read the newspapers, you know yeah. what? Most newspapers, especially the front of the paper, they're trying to tell you what's going on. Yeah. But guess what? Again, you must know our declining circulations. People aren't reading the newspaper. Yeah. Well, uh, we thank you so much for uh, coming to our campus at California State University, Long Beach, to be our distinguished speaker. We thank you so much for joining us here on this show. And, and most importantly, we thank you for your, your intellectual integrity, for your honesty, and uh, for your willingness to reach out and listen to the other person. That, well, uh, thanks, sir. Just because someone doesn't disagree, uh, disagrees with you doesn't mean you have to be disagreeable. No, and I, I'm, I'm, I think that there's more and more, as we were saying before, of a hunger in the American mind. Yeah. But just having an honest conversation. Let's, let's have conversation that serves the end, which is solving problems. I'm into that. Juan Williams, our distinguished speaker, 2011. Thank you at home for joining us. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.